Because what you want with a product is you want something that one serves people, but at the same time brings them joy. And that that's kind of like you don't want it just to be utilitarian and pragmatic, right? Because if it's just pragmatic, then people just go to the dollar store for it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you want to do something like what we're trying to do is like have stuff that lasts. Yeah. And that people enjoy for the duration of its usefulness. Yeah. Which could potentially be like 50 years. Yeah, exactly. And I, um, yeah, you're selling a lifestyle too, right? And I, I Yes, but not like a lifestyle in the sense of like I have a Beamer in the driveway kind of thing. Mm. It's not, it's not a status symbol. No, definitely not. <laughs> we are not expensive enough to be status symbol. No, and I, I think like the, the closest we get to pragmatic or utilitarian is the recycled materials or the idea that we want to use every like every scrap right like everything that we Mm -hmm. you know like we have leather scraps or like even we have well i was going to talk about (laughs) should we do a proper introduction are we warmed up now yes me 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 that's still my dream is to have three alpacas and call them mo larry and curly I'm things. a victim of circumstance. Yeah. And like There's only like three people in the world who understand the three stooges nowadays. I know it's true. But no, I have way too many names for things. Like as soon as we saw that we have this random chicken that just wandered into our yard yeah. was it a week ago. This is an awesome story, folks. So was it a week ago or was it longer? I think it was a week. A week and a half ago. A week and a half ago. There you go. A week and a half ago, uh dad was on the deck, I think, and he hears noises that sounds like a chicken. And he's like, that's strange. We live in a, I don't know, concrete jungle, pretty much. I mean, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, suburbia. Yeah. But where, where we live specifically is a little bit busier. We're by a school, so there's lots of parking lots. We're by a church, lots of parking lots. So it's, it's not the most pastoral. So he calls my mom over and says, I hear chicken noises. And she's like... I hear chicken noises. We're both going crazy together. (laughs) Exactly. And so then mom went wandering around looking for the chicken and she found a chicken. She found a chicken. So we have a chicken that is living and she kind of was at the back of our yard and she's just kind of hiding out. And anytime we got close to her, she would run away and, you know, freak out. So we have this chicken for a while and I'm like, okay, let's get water. But she's clearly eating enough. Like she is like a healthy chicken. There's not, you know, clumps of feathers. I almost said hair. I'm thinking bunnies fur, like clumps of fur. I'm like, no, chickens don't have fur. They have feathers. Clumps of feathers coming out. No, she's a very healthy looking chicken. And so she's just wandering around and now she's getting more and more bold and she's leaving us eggs and everything. But I think it was the second day. That I saw her, and I'm like, you know what? She needs a name. I'm attached already. <laughs> and the first name that popped into my head for this chicken was Gerald Dean. Like, the, she is, like, the most Gerald Dean chicken I've ever seen. Like, I don't I don't know if you're ever going to name a chicken that. This is the chicken. Of all the Gerald Deans in the world, you're the Gerald Deaniest of them. <laughs> it almost works. I love it. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. And so now she is uh, in the garden beds. She hasn't been bugging our plants, though. Like our... She's actually been debugging them. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> That was a good one. Thank but you. Don't, don't. <laughs> and she's fluffing everything up, like where we, you know, she's spreading where we dump the, the rabbit droppings. So <laughs> we're kind of like composting, trying to revitalize this clump of dirt that we have. And she's just like mixing it all in and making it all fluffy and... Uh, she's over by our church fixing the garden beds there, and she's eating all the bugs. So she's actually quite nice so far, and, and she's left us eggs. I'm scared to try them for some reason. I don't know why. So we're going to have Edwin do it. Are you yeah, going- I, I read on the internet, so this must be true, that by the time an egg reaches your store shelf, it's three to five weeks old. Mm-hmm. And they wash eggs to make them more appealing to the consumer, but that's actually bad for the egg itself because there's a cultural bloom, which is to say bacteria, on the surface of the egg that keeps bad stuff out. Yeah. That's the interesting thing about bacteria. We right away think it's bad. It's like kills 99.9% of bacteria, but there's actually good bacteria. Yeah, you you need a – that's why your skin actually needs to be – like have the proper pH balance so that all the – 
bacteria is actually competing for space, and that controls the bad bacteria. The good bacteria takes up space so that the bad bacteria can't get out of control. Yeah. Which is why going on antibodies can wreak havoc on your system because mm -hmm. we have a whole host of bacteria in your gut. Yeah. That actually helps you not only... You've gotten off of antibiotics that you start eating a lot of fermented foods, like mm -hmm. yogurt and kombucha, sauerkraut, kimchi. Kimchi, kimchi on hot dogs. Mm. Oh, so good. So good. So good. Kimchi mm -hmm. and rice and have an egg on it. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. I like kombucha as well. What, how do you feel about that? About kombucha? Yeah. I go hot and cold. On it. Oh, interesting. Um, like, if I'm going to have a fermented drink, beer is my go-to. See, okay. Absolutely. And that's why, like, a friend asked me once, like, do you drink beer? And I'd say, well, I, I really can't because of, like, health issues. I, I can't have it as often as I like. Mm -hmm. So I sub it for kombucha. So if everybody's mm -hmm. having a drink, I'll mm -hmm. have a kombucha. And she's like, oh, okay, that's funny because I'm pregnant and that's what I'm drinking now <laughs> because I can't have beer. And I'm like, oh, okay. So more people are yeah, hitting that, that beer feeling and and yeah. drinking kombucha it takes a bit to get used to i think well it's like um what is it, a ghost uh beer like oh, a, or yeah. like a wheat beer it's yeah. like it's very sour yeah but i would say try different brands because some are more sour than others definitely there are some that are better than others too like yes. you, some yeah. are sweet like over mm -hmm. like almost like they dumped sugar in after the fact yes yeah and there is always sugar in it but that's because it's fermented and you need, you need sugar to ferment the yeasty beasties need yeah. food but like some of them have tons of fruit juice some of them have very little so you have to l read the label and try different brands to to find out what you like just because it says kombucha does not mean it's healthy that's that's true yeah yeah you want to limit the fruit juice, I guess, if you're trying to be extra healthy. Because uh, it has the most yeah, sugar in yeah. it. Yeah. And I don't like the artificial sugars or, like, I try to make sure it's just pure cane sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me personally, I do best with that. Rather than the ones that are, like, the zero sugar stuff that taste sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember in like school stevia, once. Like I think. And I yeah. think there's also... Probably some use corn syrup or some other. See, corn sugar. syrup, corn syrup is like very similar to like cane sugar in is terms it? of how, like how you metabolize it. In terms, well, of, I it's, mean, it's honestly, still glucose. Well, right? yeah, sugar is sugar, yeah. right? Like your body reads it. I don't know. I just find like you try to get the least processed. Oh, okay. That's what I'm looking for, like the least okay. manipulation of it. Mm -hmm. Right, like, cause like I like to use maple syrup and honey instead of sugar where I can. That's what I'm looking for. I know like your body sees sugar as sugar, but I'm trying to think yeah. of what's the least processed. Honey is good because I mean, it tastes so good. I know there's added depths of flavor there. Uh -huh. I know. I wonder if you can make kombucha with with just honey. I bet you could. Yeah, I'm sure you, you could. Do you make alcohol out of honey? Yeah. Mead. Yep. Oh, should we do this? What? Make kombucha? Make kombucha. Because you can buy, what you need to get is a scoby. It's called a scoby. And that's kind of like your sourdough started starter. Okay. okay. And you make tea. You yep. can make green tea, black tea. Oh. And you basically... I know where we can buy bulk tea. Yeah. A starter. Okay. okay. And you make tea. You yep. can make green tea, black tea. Oh. And you basically... I know where we can buy bulk tea. You yeah. put it in. You mix it with the sugar. Yep. And you put your scoby in and you ferment it. So you like stick it up in a cabinet. Probably needs an airlock, right? I think so. Or like oh, yeah. some sort of covering. But like with fermented foods, don't you want some air to get to um, it? A lot of times, no, there's an airlock so that air can escape but not come back in. Oh, so you need like a special jar you're thinking. It's uh, it's not a special jar per se. It's just this little, oh, what's the name of it? Valve. It, it's like one of those little things that you Under put water. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you remember Grandpa telling us that stories in the Navy? During World War II, he was telling about how some people who he didn't know 
took baker's like he was a baker so like no idea how these people got baker's raisins I, I know and put it in the the lifeboats on the ship and threw it in the water casks so that it would ferment the raisins in the water there would ferment and it was like it was going great for these guys until one exploded these again the one exploded these again these guys like completely had nothing to do with who he, he had no idea who these people were and he had no idea what this this alcoholic beverage would taste like. But yes. Yeah. That's how they would make booze on the ship was throw raisins in the lifeboat. Can you imagine if they started sinking and like, oh, the only water we, we have is straight alcohol? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we're going raisins, down happy. 90 proof. <laughs> how would that even taste like raisins? I don't think it tastes great. No. But I think it would be alcoholic. Oh, for sure. And I think I think that that's all you care about when you're 20 and yeah. in the South Pacific. Yeah. Stuck Run. on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. For how long would it be? How long I, would I forget? It was I, a long time. Like now, I think we have more rotations. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you like didn't there, go. they were like, you're you're gone. Until, yeah. Like until the war's until over. You're hurt, or the war's over. Yeah. So incredible. I think. He spent three years in the South Pacific. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. We'll have to fact check that. Mm -hmm. That's that's crazy. So yeah, maybe we should be making kombucha. Which yes. Is almost alcohol. There's always like it's just enough to have the warning on there. Yes. So. Point zero five percent. It's like that. Like up to three percent, I okay. think, is allowable. Three percent starting to get into weak beer, beer territory. Oh, maybe then it's not. Maybe I lied. Maybe it's one percent. Maybe it's like yeah. I well. don't know. Yeah, that sounds right. 1%. That sounds that, better. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm just completely making this up. I've never made kombucha, but maybe this should be a thing that we do. Because I drink this it could every be, night. Like, I love it. Okay, this could be the next challenge. Yes. Okay. I love a challenge, especially one that takes a long time of inactivity. <laughs> <laughs> it's like panic, mix it all together, and shove it in a cupboard. Okay. Yeah. You're trying it first, though. See oh. if you get a disease. Asps. Very dangerous. You go first. <laughs> Just like I'm going to be the first one to eat Geraldine's eggs. Exactly. I don't know why I'm freaked out. Like the, I, I won't eat the first one that she laid. That was. Kind we of have no random. idea the date on that. No, it's not. But these stand ones are pretty, pretty fresh. So maybe they're I'll pretty try pretty. These. Pretty pretty. They're small. They're not that small. No, they looked small. <laughs> 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 I don't know. They're not extra jumbo double yolk. That's, that's true. <laughs> what if that was an order in a diner? Extra jumbo double yolk. <laughs> you mean two eggs? No, double yolk. <laughs> One egg, two yolks. Oh, it's like those rats in Chicken Run. Yes, yes. Where he's promising them, yeah, like, yeah. oh, and these eggs have double yolks. Yeah. It's like, wow, it's amazing. Apparently, roosters don't lay eggs. <laughs> Doesn't you promise? Like I'm working on something really good here. Yeah. But the rats are quite large in proportion to the, like the chickens. Yeah. Like they're not. I don't know. I never really figured. Like when I first watched it, I didn't quite realize that they were rats. Well, yeah. But also think about the fact that these chickens are pedal powering a little like airplane, airplane that mm -hmm. is able to lift off a human. No, I found that more believable than the rats. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Ducks Never Waver Lunch Break, where you get food for thought and can rejuvenate to Sally Ford. Join the dynamic duo, Edwin and Megan, as they explore topics of gravitas and pomp brought to the brink of absurdity and thrown off. Down, down, down the precipice of ridiculousness. All right, welcome to our lunch break. I know, we've been... Uh, where's the scones? Where's the scones? Yeah. The scones? Yeah, for, for our lunch break. For our lunch break? Where's our snacks? Yeah, we need some snacks here, seriously. Uh... But we, we figured we'd be kind to you and you won't have to listen to our slurping and burping. and. Oh, <laughs> I got to confess, I am a loud eater and a loud drinker. <laughs> it took a little adjustment from my wife when we first got married. Yeah. Do you have, like, do you have to chew, chew, chew that, that loud? Yeah. And, and, then like, I, what? and then I swallow and I go. 
I'm a very loud swallower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's tough. Where like I'm in Bible study and I have my sippy cup and I'm like gulp. <laughs> and everybody's like, uh, excuse me? I'm like, I'm oh, sorry, this is just how this is how it works. Mm-hmm. But welcome and thank you for sticking it out to get to the welcome. <laughs> I'll cut some of that out. I hope so. <laughs> cut it out! The past couple weeks, I've been working on making a lot of recycled t-shirt yarn bags and plastic bag baskets. And I've, I've been kind of finding some interesting things about that. And the reason why I've decided to, to kind of focus on these things is that I needed something fun to work on. And I need to practice releasing my perfectionism, letting it go that I don't need to fixate on minute details as mm -hmm. much and that I can just let the piece be what it is, if that makes sense. Like, I'm an over-manipulator, over-thinker. Definitely over-manipulator. Yes, you're <laughs> under my power. So, no, I just, like, get worried about, like, yeah. little, uh, imperfections. little imperfections really get to me or I just, like, spend a lot of time taking things out, putting it back together, taking things out, putting it back together. Which is why you're good at editing. Thank you. So, I mean, it is a, it is a strength, right? But sometimes my brain gets tired of it. Mm -hmm. And especially since brain fog is a severe symptom of the diseases I have that... Sometimes I want to work on things and I don't have the capacity mentally mm -hmm. to work on things like, you know, the mushroom sweater that I made, which I am hoping to either make as a pattern to sell or a finished product to sell because okay. it did turn out really good. Okay. I really love it. Uh, but that... Yeah, definitely sell patterns. Okay. Can we just do a little side, yeah, side here? Side Sidebar here. Bing! Absolutely genius to sell plans on Etsy because there's no shipping costs. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. So we saw this, um, we're going to get to it, but for spinning fiber, we need a, a wheel, a spinning wheel. And there's plans that you can buy on Etsy for 50 bucks. 50 bucks? No, sorry. Not 15. 50, 15. 17 actually. I think we'll say 20. It's just as outrageous. Yeah. Anything over three. Maybe five with inflation, yeah. but it's just ridiculous that there's no actual, like tangible product. It's just a. Mm -hmm. It's a PDF that you, you have, have to, to print off. Yes, mm -hmm. and like it, one, it's genius. It is because no shipping, no storage. Like you don't have to store this stuff, mm -hmm. so you have no inventory. So very low overhead, and then you get to charge these outrageous prices. That's the way to go, Megan. Make some patterns. I, I really should. I mean, that's the same thing. Like Etsy is huge on printable art, right? Mm -hmm. Where it is honestly that you are in charge of printing it. Like you buy this $20 artwork mm -hmm. and you have to go print it off. Yeah. And the quality of printing off it off is half the struggle with the art. It is. That's so, like, is your printer going to work? Do you have to take it to Staples? Yeah. Is, like, can you make it bigger than what it is? Like, all that stuff and, like, what paper you choose, what ink you have, like, makes such a big difference. And to me, it's frustrating that you can't just give that to somebody. But, yeah, selling art is, is difficult, right? Cause especially, like, if it's printed off because you have to make sure it doesn't get damaged in, in shipping. Yeah. So you have to buy the expensive tubes and you have to make sure it's, like, oh, fragile. You have to insure it, like, yada, yada. Yeah. It's expensive for you and the customer. Yeah. So just to put that on the customer... Yeah, put it's all the genius. It is genius. It is genius, and I I need to get on board. But there's part of me that's really stubborn. Yeah. About it because I feel like the world is not a place of service anymore. I am tired of everything having to be done on my phone. Like you want to go into a business, <sighs> you have to check in on your phone. You have you want to uh be like you want to make a reservation at a restaurant you have to go on your phone and get on yelp yeah wait list like nobody's doing service anymore and i mean especially during the pandemic which i understand like, like people had to make decisions right. on what they felt comfortable with but having qr codes that, that didn't work 
Yeah. And expecting people to order from that. Yeah. And a lot of restaurants have kept that where they're like, yeah. Well, just, of course they have because, because it's easy on them and it's cheap. <gasps> and it's cheap for them. Yeah, exactly. Less people have to be involved. They're like, oh, I mean, I know there's a, a staff shortage. But I think people are finding ways like, oh, you know what? The customer can do way more. Yeah. And I'm like, no. And now they put up with it. And I am the customer. Yeah. When I go to a restaurant, I want to be served. That's part of the cost. That right? is the cost. And, and the it's weird. It's like you're actually expected to pay more and more for service and you get less and less service. Exactly. Like, it tips, used to... like tips have to be like 20 plus percent, right? Yeah. Like it used to be 5, 10%. Yep. So it, it's, it's ludicrous to me. And I don't know, like, like I said, like, as the customer, like, I can cook really well. My yeah. mom cooks really well. My, my whole family are, like, just a bunch of really good cooks. Mm -hmm. So for us, when we go out, it is the experience of being served. Yeah. That someone is doing the dishes, that someone's running to get the drinks, that someone's willing to, to you know, bring it out to us, that yeah. we don't have to carry it to the table and serve everyone. Yeah. It's the service. That and we're, that's not that like a high and mighty idea. Like, oh, like you're the peasant and you got to do go to our every whim and so on. Right. That's not the point. Yeah, obviously, you need to be respectful and thankful for what they're doing. But I'm like, your job is service. And now mm -hmm. you're putting more and more on us. You're well, not doing your job If you anymore. think about it, like we're all our own clerks now. Yes. Yeah. We do all our own paperwork. Yeah. See, that's the, yeah. Every everywhere yeah. you go, you go to the bank. You do your own paperwork. Yeah. You go to the car, whatever. You're buying a car. You do mm -hmm. all your own paperwork. Yeah. Taxes. You do all you're your expected own. to do it all your own. Yeah, more and more. Mm -hmm. Like you can go to somebody, but they're they're going to charge you crazy amounts. Yeah, right? because fewer and fewer people do it. Exactly. Right, but it's also more and more complicated. So you almost need people. <laughs> well, I mean, to... we, well, that's a side tangent on the side tangent because that's a racket. <laughs> so we'll we'll exit from that. But no, I'm just tired of of the lack of service mm -hmm. when you are in a position to serve. And I viewed this as yeah, you're buying something from me, but I want it to serve you. Like for me, I really fixate on quality like is this going to hold up and that's again where my perfectionism comes in but it's a good thing because yeah. i want to make sure that you buy something from me and it's not going to break in a year like to me that's really important like maybe you decide to give it to a friend or you decide yeah. to sell it or get rid of it in any way that you want to that's fine but i don't want you to be like oh i wore this purse three times and now it looks like crap yeah like that is not what i want because i want it to serve you for years and years and years to come. Like the baskets that I've been making, I want it to serve you. And I it's something that I'm taking garbage. I'm taking a single-use plastic. It's garbage. Mm -hmm. And I'm making it into something that will last. I'm making it into something that will serve your family for a long time. Yeah. That's what my goal is. And look good doing it. Yeah, exactly. They're so cute looking. And I'm using reclaimed yarn, and so it's just kind of like fun, random colors. And for me, too, like a lot of times I overthink colors. I love colors. Yeah. Like the, the whole brand is basically based on colors, right? Because yeah. we do all the natural dye, and it's about what colors can we can we get. But these are, a lot of them are neon. A lot of them are very poppy colors. And I also try to, uh, I often overthink like the combination. Yeah. Again, I like it. But for these, is like, you know what? I'm just going to grab what's in my stash and see what happens. That's right. Yeah. I'm not going to say, oh, it needs to be striped like this and striped like that. There's actually one time it came out, it sneaked out on me. So I've made in this, my big batch uh, of purses, I, I think I made six, five, five or six, five. Mm. So the idea is that I kind of, I cut up the t-shirts, right? And then I have certain colors. And I'm like, okay, I have a rough idea. I want the blue with the orange. I want the black and the gray and with blue or whatever. I want the green and the white, mm -hmm. you know, or cream. So I have a rough idea, but I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom, let it be. Mm -hmm. What it is. And then there was this one where I ended up with a whole bunch of reds and pinks. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be so fun if I start with dark red 
and then it goes to slightly lighter pink and then it goes to slightly lighter pink and it wraps around and so the bottom is the lightest shade of pink so it's this ombre like gradient that wraps mm. around okay and so that was me fussing a bit and having more more scenes like more cuts of color so i had to like nod it and because yeah. like the idea for me was like no cuts of color i'm just gonna go for it yeah right when when the yarn runs out then i go to the next color yeah so this one i i didn't bad megan i know same thing with the green one i thought it'd be really cool if the flap and the bottom were the same so that you couldn't see. I mean, you can, yeah. but you, you can't see where the, the flap is. Okay. So it starts green, and then it goes to cream, and then it wraps around to green again. Yeah. So for me, like, there's there's a little thing where I'm just like, this just gives me joy to my heart. Mm -hmm. Like a whimsy. <laughs> so that's, that's when I have to do it. Uh, but yeah, try not to overthink it. And like with the baskets as well, I just kind of pick one or two colors. I'm like, I need this much yarn for a basket, right? I kind of know for the big ones, I'm going to need yeah. two, two and a half. And then I like pick those and that's it. So I use up all the one color. That's why, um, some of them have just like a band of color on the top. And that kind of right, that's finishing. where you ran out. That's where I ran out. Exactly. So we're just joining on to that. So yeah, that's me trying to kind of let go. I do like matching colors, but again, sometimes it gets a little bit. You don't get, much. you don't try to, you try not to get lost in the color theory. Yes. Yeah. Because again, it's diminishing returns. And that's what I'm trying to teach myself is that there's diminishing returns, right? Like in all of life, right? Exactly. But like people aren't going to see what I see because I'm so intimate with the product. Oh, like I'm making yeah. it. So I see every little thing. Yeah. And I need to remind myself that. People aren't going to get that. Even with my, my ombre pink, people might say, oh, pink. I like pink. Yep. I will get pink. I don't know if they're going to necessarily say, oh, she did this gradient ombre. And how did she do that with t-shirts that she just had lying around? And like, wow, that was serendipitous and amazing. Right? Like, I don't know. Right. No, <laughs> there's so much in life that is like that, that the majority of people do not see what maybe the craftsman of that product mm -hmm. would see yeah because i've made tables before and you can very clearly see less lesser quality in the in the finishing yeah right but other people don't see it at all right and if you point it out they're just like oh i just thought that was the wood grain yeah yeah exactly and they they come up with some reason why it's why it's yeah. there i mean it is good as as a maker to have that thought process and to know that stuff and to see it it's very yeah. necessary that like if you're the one making it you should have the trained eye yes that way you can make a better product so that those people those few people who do see it mm -hmm. can actually enjoy that because yeah. it is very pleasing because you have yeah and it's all those decisions and like uh watching a movie right and sometimes afterwards you're like oh i saw this there and i saw this there and like as a viewer you're kind of like picking things out and then you kind of learn the behind the scenes of like oh that was decided for not that reason but i i think it's still there because if it's a good film like a good director they're putting so much thought into things it will kind of just come together and those layers will be there oh yeah just like with writers when they write a book mm -hmm. there will be deeper layers inside the book that they weren't even fully cognizant of yes so as a maker you you do it not like you do it realizing that not everyone's going to get it but there are going to be some people that really appreciate it and it makes it better yes it makes it objectively better yes and because it, it's more skillful and it makes it something that i i think will last mm -hmm. right when you're you're putting that, and, that effort in and just like it, it goes both ways a little bit right because even though people can't articulate why one thing is better than another, when when something of high quality is placed next to something of lower quality, mm. you can see the difference yes. without even being able to articulate it. Yes, and this is another thing where I, I want to bash on the internet. Pictures lie. A lot. A lot. And I try which really is, hard. Which... Like I find that my stuff almost looks worse in the pictures than it does in real life, honestly. And I work really hard to make nice pictures. Mm -hmm. But I see some people's pictures, and I'm like, ooh, that's a lot of Photoshop and a yes. lot of perfected lighting. Like, I use all-natural lighting right now because I'm cheap. <laughs> and I don't have the money for lighting right now. So a lot of it is natural lighting, so that's unpredictable. 
Yeah. And I'm using the 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 editor that I have on my computer. Yeah. And it's it's funny how you can manipulate an image though. Like, oh. I mean that's the whole like thing on YouTube, right? Like, oh I got this from Amazon and was it actually this? I got this yeah. from Wish. Was it actually accurate? Like the whole thing is that they yeah. can make the picture and it's still the item. Yeah, but it's not the item. But it's not the item. And that's why, interestingly enough, pictures used to be really important for exactly. I always find that it's funny because I, I always look for the three star ratings because yeah, even yeah. if I don't agree with the three star ratings, they're going to be the more like, okay, it was like this, which isn't that bad, but it wasn't this good. So like you you get a most real look at the middle ground ones. Yeah, like I, a book that, uh, like a how-to book, one was like, you know what, it's kind of hard to find this chart mm-hmm. that they keep referring to, but they don't make it clear where it is. Yeah. I'm like valid, but you know, a post-it note could fix that. Yeah. Where you just say, this is the thing you need. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, yeah. And like, you know, cookbooks or whatever, they're like, oh, it was hard to read, you know, the yeah. ingredient list or whatever. Yeah. I think a lot of with cooking books, uh, recipe books, it's entirely how your brain thinks. Oh, so much so. Because here's my problem. What I don't like is that cookbooks have become more verbose in their directions. Mm-hmm. And more sneaky in their ingredient lists. Mm-hmm. So what I keep finding is that the ingredient list is not all of your ingredients. They make assumptions. They do make assumptions. And all of a sudden, it's buried deep inside the recipe. Like, oh, by the way, that yeah. butter needs to be creamed. Or, oh, that's not actually butter. Yes. Or that's not all the butter you need. There's yes. like sneaky little things in there. Oh, man, you're stirring up a passion that I have. I started writing a cookbook. How many years ago now? Three? Yeah. I, I made no progress. See, this is also where I procrastinate, and I did it as a gift. Yeah. And I got it done. Yep. But since then, I haven't added to it because I had a deadline, and now I have no deadline. But also, also a perfectionist thing, right? Yeah. Because like, how many hours did you spend on each recipe? Oh, a long time. And these were recipes that I knew. Right. Right. I wasn't developing any new recipe. These were like family recipes that we just made over and over and over again. And I was actually writing it down. Yes. And I still feel like I failed. And like there's so many things that I would change now. Yeah. On those things. That, so that's the hard thing with cooking too. Is there's always a new way to do things, and there's a better way and easier way. Because like I made a butternut squash. And sometimes squash. just a different way. Yeah. Like I made a butternut squash soup. And it's a really easy, fast. Like I wanted soup fast. And how do you get flavor? And also, how do you, how do you get a flavor that's different, right? Because butternut squash, it's a lot of sweet, right? Like they really go very sweet with it. And I'm like, I want to explore the more earthy, dark tones, the dark side of butternut squash. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, it's sweet, it's likable. I'm like, no. I want angst from this squash. There's a twisted soul within. So I paired it with lots of sage and I didn't roast it because I'm like, let's just chuck it in the pot. Like this is taking forever. And it's really Too many good. steps. Too many steps because like when you add bacon, which I of course added bacon, mm-hmm. and when you really caramelize onions, you're getting those roasty, toasty, sweet notes, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, great. I have butternut squash soup in like half an hour and like very little work time. But you know what? Through the years, I have discovered that cutting butternut squash is a pain in the tuchus. Mm. And yeah, it goes faster if you just... And actually, like if you buy pre-cut cubes, it's super easy. But you can just either cut it in half or just chuck the whole squash in the oven, roast it till it's soft, cut it when it's soft, scoop out all the fleshy stuff, and you have soup. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not roasting it for like... like it does make it taste yummy. Yeah. But I'm like, it needs to be easy. <laughs> so what's what's easier, chucking it in the oven or cutting it when it's super hard and yeah. maybe cutting yourself because you're yes. forcing a blade through rock? Exactly. But again, there's a time trade-off. Yeah. Because well, like roasting it, as you're you're gonna look at it like an hour, hour and a half. But it's not like it's not active time. It's not active, but you do have to be home. But yeah. like if you're like, okay, I need supper. Now. now, I I hunger. <laughs> no. I thirst. <laughs> <laughs> Is that from something? I think so. Okay, I have no clue what that is. I mean... I'm hungry, mother. I really am. No! I thirst. <laughs> <laughs> There's those... Tra- and that's the thing with cooking. But one thing 
that I'm very proud of what I came up with. And I haven't seen a cookbook with this. Okay. But I, I might be... Well, no, there's one. And it's Alton Brown, and he's amazing. So that's probably where I stole it from. But I like to know what equipment I'm going to need. Oh, that's crucial. Because... So because you can there's get, so uh, many times that you get halfway through and they're like, oh, and grab uh, a 20-quart stock pot. Otherwise, this won't work. And you're like, no. What did I get myself into? I don't know. Or you get done and you're like, wow, there's 50 dishes for this one thing that I made. Mm-hmm. It made a huge mess and it's yummy, but... Not I that yummy. It wasn't that yummy. I wasn't anticipating this. Yeah, diminishing returns right there. Exactly. So I, in my book, I had the ingredient list at the top and said what you're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. And then I had a list of hardware of all you, all the tools. Because I've also found that, you know, you can share spoons. Yeah. You can stir three pots with one spoon. It, it's fine. Yeah. Like, you can be making spaghetti sauce and cooking your spaghetti and you can stir it with the same spoon. Yeah. And to me, that does matter. It does. <laughs> I stir... Now I, like, basically... I just keep the tongs in, in my hand the whole time mm-hmm. and just, like, flipping it. And yeah, the only thing is, like, if you have raw meat, maybe don't. But, like, everything else, it's fine. And don't, don't, don't say bad things on the internet, Edwin. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But <laughs> I, I know what you do. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, maybe for an upcoming one, I made pumpkin pie from scratch. <gasps> it looked gorgeous. It was delicious. Wow. And you even had a bad crust. No yeah. shade, but... No, it was a pre-bought crust. Yeah. And I was and like... I had that bought one. It's nasty. Yeah, but like, I mean... They're... But you're filling, like, the color on top. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That was, that was picture perfect. Okay, so... Did you, really... put, did you put bourbon in the whipped cream? I was talking to your wife. We went to, <laughs> to work out together. So she's like, I need to get whipped cream, apparently. <laughs> and I'm like... I was driving home like, they should put bourbon in it. That would have been good. That we didn't. Been... Okay. No. Next time. Next time. We did have maple syrup in it. Oh, yum. That was good. Yeah. No, but it... I I, I named the recipe Big Bub's Bumpkin Pie. She said, hello, country bumpkin. How's the frost out on the pumpkin? I've seen some sides, but man, you're something. Where'd you come from, country bumpkin? Yeah. I actually wrote out the recipe. I wrote out you what I did. You made it? Like, you didn't... Or did you base it? Or did you just go for it? Okay, what I did... Lots of eggs. I, That's very you. <laughs> Let me get the story out, sis. Am I right, though? Am I right or am I right or am I right? Right, right, right. Okay, you're so right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I did is I did... um The thing where you go on the internet and you, you try to find recipes. One... Internet is the worst place for recipes. It's even worse than cookbooks that we were complaining about. But so what I did is I just basically ran my own computer uh, algorithm through my own head. That's not at all like a computer. But I looked at what people were doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so roughly speaking, we have for a nine inch uh, pie crust, we're, we're talking two cups of, of squash. Okay. And then we need to put, and then we need to make a custard around that. Mm-hmm. It's it's squash and custard. It, that's all it is. Okay, it's so like let's not get simple. let's not get too crazy here, folks. So basically, I was like, what flavors do I like? I like brown sugar because it's going to mm-hmm. bring out some more depth of flavor with this squash. More richness. Yeah. Not just sweet. More. Ri- See, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, Did you put sage in it? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Next time. Missed opportunity. But, and then, yes, I did put, I made a rich custard around that. So uh, two eggs and then two egg yolks, because Mm. that's how you're going to get that creme de la creme type of. Same thing with lemon curd. You need to have a lot of yolks. Yep. You need that fat and that, that is really what, that's what it is. It's a bunch of fat. I put half a stick of butter in there. Oh, you did butter. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, I didn't see that in any other recipe. I was just like, I want fat in here. Do you know what you should do next time? What? Brown the butter first because you're going to get more brown sugar flavors. Yes, but like we are talking with somebody who like is just so impressed that they actually put their work in to make a pumpkin pie. I'm impr- I have failed at pie. No, this is why I'm like, actually, 
I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Because I can, I can put that into my cookbook. Yeah. Because you actually remembered what you did. I'm just like trying to think of tweaks of like layering. Oh yeah. You know, like you were There's saying. There's a lot. Like, of I'm impressed. Like... like the butter is interesting because I don't think I've ever seen that much butter. No. In well, a pie. well, part of the reason I did that is because I didn't have cream. Okay. So I only had milk, and I was like, I need more fat in this thing. Yeah. So I put half a stick of butter in there. Which is probably more fat than what cream has. Yes. And I put less liquid in than what they said. Okay. But partly so was because it, of putting... Was it more dense then because of that? Or was it, it still... It was not like a dense pie. Interesting. It, it just wasn't. Wow. Yeah. I, I think it's just because it's a good quality custard. Yeah. Didn't overcook it. That's... The bake is really hard on custard pies. So basically what I did there is I cooked it and the center was still pretty jiggly. Mm-hmm. Turned the oven off. I let it cool down in the oven. So clever. That's what you need to do like for cheesecake as well if you don't want the top to crack. Yeah. Yeah. Very smart. Thinking. Yeah. It's like you bake. <laughs> I but, just understand the principles, right? Yeah. But you don't bake sweets that often. You, no. You're really good at bread. Yeah. But like, I don't know. So once you understand what's happening and why, it's yeah. so easy to do Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. And when you break it down, you're saying I'm you you demystify it, right? Like it's yes. pumpkin in a custard. Yes. I know what custard is. I know what pumpkin is. You yeah. just put it together, yeah. right? And then you it's not like oh it's pumpkin pie. Then you're like no I can put chocolate in my custard. Yeah. I can put lemon in my custard, right? It 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 really simplifies it, and then. I don't know. I guess we're kind of like big picture people. Like then you're like, oh, okay, we're ready to go. Yes. But I think it's helpful for anyone, right? Like you just have I would those hope building so. blocks of like it's. It's just thinking things through things logically, right? Yeah. It's just. But okay. a lot of times, I think people get overwhelmed by cooking because yeah. it's so compartmentalized that they're like, okay, this recipe works this way, and then this recipe works that way. And when really they're so related. That they should be just one recipe, I wonder, but they're slightly, yeah. like, they're just riffs on the same piece of music. Yeah. It, it's like, do you remember the chemistry uh, course we took and how it was teaching you not just the formulas, but where the formulas came from? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's the problem with why, the way we learn math and the way we learn chemistry our sciences yeah. basically the way we learn anything is we do pigeonhole things yes and then we don't History draw is a big one we don't pigeonhole. yeah you don't draw these connections like why is the reformation happening at this point that's, in time yeah and that's for me i i it really bugs me that we have a distinction between church history and world history because as i'm getting older i'm realizing like oh this was happening in the church and this was happening in the world like no wonder this was the zeitgeist and this led to this thing and this you know like you get all that together it makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. right and it's one picture you shouldn't compartmentalize i can't say this word compartmentalize that's why i said pigeonhole oh pigeon toad orange (laughs) pants But oh, like, real. <laughs> um, no, that's that's funny that you said pigeonhole because I can't say that word. You can't put things into boxes. <laughs> you can't separate things out, Megan. <laughs> I think they get it. You can't disconnect everything from itself. <laughs> but I don't know how we got here or why. Oh, I want to know what spices you put in your pie cuz I know you you have a slight cinnamon aversion. Uh-huh. So I, what did you do? So, um I don't know what it is about cinnamon, but it it can quickly It tasks me. <laughs> it ta- <laughs> it does task me because either it's not there, right? Mm-hmm. And it it does nothing mm-hmm. for the dish for me mm-hmm. people all over the world all it's just it's just useless if you don't put enough in but the moment you put too much in it's potpourri it's like why is it spicy yeah it okay. burns okay also i believe that cinnamon is not a standalone spice absolutely it that is 100% it needs yes it is it it can even be your your lead singer but mm-hmm. Boy, it needs some backup singers to round that thing out. 
Exactly. So I put in almost equal parts allspice. Mm-hmm. So a little bit, a deft hand with the cinnamon, yeah. and then a nice amount of allspice. Mm-hmm. And the two work together nicely. Did you do any cloves? Because I didn't. I didn't have you any. Didn't have it. Yeah, because then you could have split the allspice with the cloves. Yeah. Because that rounds it out. How about nutmeg? If I had it nutmeg, I would have put it okay. in there. So that's where, like, you get, like, the pumpkin spice. Yeah. Uh, which I, a lot of what I have, like, when you get pumpkin spice, I find it's still too much cinnamon. Well, it's a lot of cheap cinnamon. That's true. Quality does matter with cinnamon. It's very yeah. dusty. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then they also just don't, they don't blend it up. Yeah. It's it's a lot of cinnamon and then a lot of old nutmeg. You can taste old nutmeg because it tastes like wood. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how you would think about what you, I wonder what you would think about putting a little bit of cardamom in it. Because I know you like the Turkish coffee and it's kind of like chai. Yeah. Then, right? Like as soon as you yeah. put the cardamom, that's what makes it chai. Yeah. No, I would have enjoyed that. I didn't okay. have any. Yeah. But yeah. that's, I think still really to, to say allspice and cinnamon, you're going to get like your basic seasoning. Yes. It's really going to taste like pumpkin pie. Yeah. And it's going to taste like good pumpkin pie. Oh, man. I'm excited. Like, we're getting close to Thanksgiving, y'all. I know. Like. So close. It's so close to us that you're, you are in I know charge where of pie. I know. Are you going to try making your own crust or do you think you're going to leave that? No, I'm definitely going to try. Sweet. Yeah. I would and, love that. But the problem is, like, trying to make a pumpkin pie that's dairy-free. Like, this, ours, mine well, wasn't no, dairy-free. the thing is, is that butter's an easy sub. Okay. Although I can eat butter, okay. so that's not the end of the world. Uh, it's it's milk. That's yeah. my big problem. And I wonder if oat milk, because you're more using it to thin it out at that point because you have yes. your fat. Yeah. yeah. So oat milk is very creamy. It is. So I, I think using oat milk. I think you could get away with it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would work really well. That's why I was like, the butter is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you're relying on that. Yeah. Curious. Curiouser and curiouser. So, that's I one love of the how, things I, I love how, Yes, that's wonderful that you made pie, and that's that's a big achievement. And I'm glad you didn't let your perfectionism get in the way. <laughs> oh wait, that was me. <laughs> I I've become in, I I was once perfectionistic. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened to me. Age, you're decrepit. No. Yeah, I de- I, I'm decrepit. I don't think that makes a difference. <laughs> what did you do? Tell me. I don't know. I think maybe. Seeing that life is very short and that you don't have time to be perfect in everything. Mm-hmm. And that even if you try to be perfect, you're not going to get there. So mm-hmm. asking, I want to ask the question, what does, it's not a bare minimum question. I don't want to do the bare minimum. Yeah. But I do want to say like, what standard are we trying to achieve here? Right. I think for me, the, the language I've been using is what is good mm-hmm. in the full sense of good. Yeah. Not just like I'm good, but like the full sense of like it is good. It is true. It is purposeful. Like, I don't know. Like what is good? Kind mm-hmm. of like instead of perfect, because we're never going to get perfect this side of heaven. Yeah. Right. So saying what is like there is good here, though, like we can strive for good. Yeah. And like you're saying, it's not a laissez-faire, like, ah, it, it is what it is. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be. But I'm like, if we're going for good, yeah. then I think that's an achievable goal. Or closer. Yes. I mean, and, I, and I do think that some of that is just intrinsically known by being made in the image of God. I mean, even though we're fallen, we still have that, like, you can tell when something's good and when something's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's a skill that you, you hone and develop. Yeah. Like, you go with your instincts and then you develop well, it. But, like, I'm working on this table right now, and I could cut corners, and I'm not doing a perfect job. But the corners are very pointy. He hasn't <laughs> cut any of them. But I I know, I know I'm not, like, doing the ultimate job on it just because there's not enough time or money in this also you don't have the setup to make it perfect yes I, i'm finding like with tools as well like i have like a, a friend very kindly put the effort into 3d printing a debosser yeah. for us because uh i'm deboss <laughs> yeah and it's awesome but it's a little piece of plastic and i have a very bad clamping system Yes. Very bad. And it's on me. It's very, it's, but it's very hack. And I'm like, I need to do something about this. 
So I was working. Can I do this story? Yeah. I, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Go for it. Okay. So I'm doing batches of straps for the purses that I was talking about earlier. And I'm making these these straps and I'm like cutting all the Which, straps. Which, to interrupt your interruption. Yeah, please do. The leather with the uh, cut up t-shirt is a very interesting counterpoint. Yeah, nice juxtaposition. Because mm-hmm. you have like something very textured, bulky, kind of rough. And then you have ultra smooth. And I'm keeping it a natural color too. Because again, a lot of the t-shirts are kind of this poppy mm-hmm. color. And I was, I came, came really close to dyeing some of the leather. Yeah. But I'm like, I like the natural. I think it, again, is that kind of contrast. It uh, is. Something like that's not natural is like a lot of polyester. Yeah. You know, a lot of unnatural colors. And to have that natural hit. And again, having copper rivets yeah. hold it. Again, I think copper is a, a more natural looking. It is. And it, it, it works so well. Thank you. So I'm working on these straps. It's going pretty well. And now I want to brand it. <laughs> Branded. Scorned as the one who ran. What do you do when you're branded? And you know you're a man. Brand it. And use the debosser. And so what you... How, the way you have to do it with these 3D printed, which is plastic, by the way, if you don't know what 3D printing is, I didn't. Apparently, you can make really cool stuff like houses and guns. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like, I want a house and a gun. Sean, Sean, if you're listening, I want a house and a gun. <laughs> so, so he very kindly made this for us. And so you have to get the, the leather wet all the way through. And so I dunk it in... in cover it in water in our bathroom sink and I'm trying to film it because that's another goal of mine is trying to produce more maybe YouTube in the future but at least Instagram videos yada yada so I'm filming it I'm in an awkward position I'm like look at what I'm doing and then the bunnies were hopping around they get scared by the tripods but they kept running away from it no it wasn't moving <laughs> so I was doing this and I had to get the clamp and I don't know what kind of clamp it is is there a name for it it's just a quick spring clamp. Okay. So I have one of those, and I'm trying to sandwich the, the leather and get it in there and then get this teeny, teeny, tiny little piece of plastic to line up on it. And I'm trying to make it straight because I've done it before where it's very crooked, and it, it bugged me. <laughs> it tasks me. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to get it straight and film it at the same time, and I'm at a weird angle. And then all of a sudden, I drop the little piece of plastic. And I don't know why my reactions were so slow, but it went plink, 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 all the way down into the sink, into the drain. It was God. I need to post this video, but I'm like, oh dear, this is bad. This is very, very bad. (laughs) And I'm just staring at it for a minute because it had just popped out of my fingers. I was lining it up and then it just went squeak. And popped out of my fingers. And I was, yeah, very upset. <laughs> but then I'm like, no, no, not going to be upset. This is part of life. I'm going to fix it. Roll with the punches. Roll with the punches. I am a big girl. I can take the sink apart. Because that's what most people do on a Tuesday. Take their sink apart. Because <laughs> they dropped a debosser. And... So I went on the internet. How do I do this? I love the internet videos, by the way, for doing all this stuff. I learned how to change the batteries and in the thermostat. Okay. I have a new thermostat. Nobody knew how to do it. Ha ha. I hacked it. So I'm like, okay, I got a video. I got this. Yep. I got this. Um, I, I looked in vain for tools. I, I grabbed every tool I thought might kind of work. And they didn't. And I got the bucket. I got everything cleared out. I was so proud of myself. I got one of the pieces... Um, unscrewed and then uh, of the P trap of the yeah and uh, then I had to give up and then I was very upset. <laughs> they like Bubby, 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 Bubby. Can you fix it? So thankfully you could. You came yeah. and you had the right tools. And the tools were here the whole time. Were they? Yeah. You said they were in your toolbox. Yeah, in the garage. Oh. See, well, this also it doesn't help that I have no great knowledge of tools. So I'm like, this looks like dirty, a... wrenchy, thingy. Uh, with this tool, I shall do something. Uh, so that was very frustrating with the with the straps. 
And so, but now I, you you rescued it. Yes. I'm quite impressed that you you did that. Oh, I'm glad you didn't like because it it's light plastic. So if you had any water go down, it would flush oh, down there. Absolutely. So I'm. Like, I actually I, noticed you turned off the the supply well, for the water. Well, that's what the video said to do. That for changing out the P trap. Uh huh. That's really ridiculous. <laughs> for like that was the first thing I did. Okay. And then they said there should be a secret release valve. And I was hoping we had a secret release valve. <laughs> we didn't. It's very sad. They're like, you might just be able to use the secret release valve. I'm like, yes! And maybe we have one, but I, I'm not privy to the secret. <laughs> In the privy. There, were, there, there was no, uh, you know, clandestine release valve there. <laughs> So that was that's one of the big bumps along the road that I had to face in the past week and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, the straps are looking amazing. I still have to saddle Sopify them. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's again, like with the straps, they there's a smooth side and a suede side. I'm keeping that because a lot of times you like sew two pieces together, so they're both smooth. I want to leave that rustic. Also, there's some flaws in the leather. Mm -hmm. that I'm keeping. Like, there's some scratches that came, not from me, but from the manufacturer. Mm -hmm. There's some clamps, like, where they, they hang the leather up. You can see that. Yep. And for me, for this, it's like, if I'm using recycled t-shirts, it seems really wrong for me to throw out a piece of leather. Right. That Just... doesn't look perfect. Yeah. And especially with leather, what I love about it so much as a material is that the more you wear it, the more you, you know, curl it up, ding it, mm -hmm. it looks better, in my opinion. Like, it, it ages gracefully. It does. Well, the, leather is one of the few materials that that ages well. Yeah, and the color. It doesn't wear out. Rich. It wears in. Mm-hmm. Because like the one that I made for myself as a tester, I've mm -hmm. had it now for half a year. I think so. Maybe something like that, and it just keeps looking better. Well, yeah, because the weird, of course, like the leather looks better. It picks up the oil from your hands. Exactly. So where you grab it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just gives it that nice used look. But exactly. not but not without wearing out. And that yeah. you see what's also is because we're using veg tanned natural leather. Yes. Is it has that characteristic. So if you have upholstery leather that's nickel chromium mm -hmm. tanned, yeah. it doesn't wear the same way. Yeah. And this is where we're talking about like good and you can yes. see the difference right away because you can go to Michael's and buy leather straps mm -hmm. that probably would be the same length and, and thickness because these are not chunky straps. Right. They're an inch. And you can buy that, but it's not going to be the same. Whereas I would say if you're if you're looking into making stuff like this, just go out and buy. I don't. What was the thickness that we have for these ones? It's the thin one. Mm -hmm. I'm. I'm. I don't fully remember, but I want to say it's five ounce. Okay. So just get that, get a couple tools. I love the strap cutter. I wish I had it sooner. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're making lots of long cut, straight line cuts, just get one. Especially yes. if you're a beginner, don't trust yourself. Yeah. Don't trust me. No, trust me in this. Trust me in this. Get the strap cutter right away. It makes things so much simpler. It seems expensive, but it's well worth it. Yeah. And I mean, it's really not. I think it was 20 bucks. No, it was more. Was it? How much was it? 50 bucks? I, I want to say it was close to 40, 50 bucks. No. We're pausing. So, yeah, $30. $30. You will not be ripping your and hair out of your that, head. That's a fair price. If you're going to make it, it's going to take you at least at least an hour to make. Yeah, and you know if you're buying it, they have all the lines that are, you know, mm -hmm. pretty much accurate, I'm assuming. I actually haven't double-checked them. I'm assuming the lines. I'm like, it's an inch according to this thing, so that works for me. It's close enough. Exactly. So I would say, because you are you are going to tell the difference. Oh, yeah. You from know, a like straight, even, even yeah. if it's thin, but like getting the veg tan, getting a, a cutter. A, a quality cut on it. Yeah, and the thing is, is like, it's expensive if you go to a craft store. Oh, it's yeah. It's murderously expensive. Well, it's just marked up. Yeah. You're buying the same straps as the leather outlet mm -hmm. plus a markup because yeah. everybody has to make money when it changes hands. Exactly. I mean, talking about changing hands, most of your food stuff apparently, only 5 to 10 cents per dollar spent on food goes to farmers. Oof. The rest of it is from transactional costs. Between wow. like Yeah. 
between the grocery store and yourself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that's makes what... me want to help farmers more. I know. More... It's very expensive being a farmer. But then, okay, how come farmers markets are so expensive? Because I don't know why. <laughs> no, but basically what it is is that because uh, who I work for now, he did small-time farmer farming for, for that. And because you're doing everything yourself. Okay. So it's like the amount of labor that goes into that is just as much. Except now it's just it's just the farmer it's doing just it. You. But it's the cost but is also a lot. But it's more than at the grocery store. But it's because I guess you have to go to the farmers market, and I don't mm. know if they have to pay for a booth. They do. They do. Yeah, okay, that's, it's that's overhead. Probably. Okay. Yeah. But still, it's worth it. And there's certain things that you can't get that the farmer will bring. Yeah. Right, like mushrooms. You're you're not gonna get the really fancy mushrooms unless yes. you go to a farmer's market typically. or grow them yourself yes next challenge after the kombucha simultaneously no not simultaneously Aww. we're not gonna hurt ourselves <laughs> bummer but yeah we should grow mushrooms because we like fancy mushrooms and we are cheap yeah moral of the story we are cheap well the, the problem is is that everything costs a certain amount so if you're gonna buy mushrooms it saves you on time if you have time to spend growing mushrooms. Right. It's, and the space. Yeah. Time and space. And space is money and time is money and space and time and Everything money. is money, money, money. Money, 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 money. Money, 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 money. We, we can't keep doing this, Bob. Money makes the world go around. The world go around. The world go around. Money makes the world go around. It makes the world go round. Oh. Hopefully, uh, you find a project you as the the listener, not you, Edwin. I don't care about what you do. I, I got tons of projects. Yeah, but hopefully you will go forth, sally forth into your next adventure and look at it with maybe looking for good and not perfect. There's that saying, like, don't let the good, no, don't let perfect get in the way of the good. Don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. Don't let, what? Okay, there's that saying. There's a perf perfect world everywhere that's not good <laughs> no i have to leave it in because now you're just ripping on my garbage thank you for making me look stupid there's no perfect in the good <laughs> this is perfectly good <laughs> you know what's the actual saying don't let perfect be the enemy of the good okay exactly find crappy materials and make them look beautiful and you, too, can be making good stuff. Make sure you look at the shop after listening to this, because I'm going to work really, really hard to get some more baskets and purses in the shop so that you can actually see what I'm talking about, that you can see that garbage can be transformed into beautiful pieces that you can wear or you can have in your home, and they would make wonderful gifts. And don't forget that you shouldn't let yourself be too perfectionist when it comes to shopping for Christmas. You should find yes. good things. Exactly. And don't try to think, what's the perfect thing for Sally? Sally will be happy with something good. That's right. Objectively good. Object yeah, exactly. She will love a purse, right? Mm-hmm. Just like Frank would probably really like a basket for all his electronics, you know? Because, like, it's the perfect size. You can stick a whole bunch of controllers, wires. A useful pot to put things in. It's true. I don't know what electronics people use because I don't do that sort of thing. But I just think Shoe that... boxes. Sh shoe boxes. Because they're nerds and they usually have a sneakers collection. <laughs> I'm making this up. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what electronics they... I'm not saying what storage they use. Oh. But upgrade from your shoe box. Yeah. Because your shoes should be in the box and the box should be in the shoes. And then you need to have electronics in the basket. Amen to that, sister. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. Go forth. Find the good. Be the good. I don't know how to end this. That was dumb. And have fun while doing it. <laughs> Should we do that again? Go ahead. What, did, what, what, was, what was bad about it? Nothing was bad about it. Oh. It was good. It, was, it was good. <laughs> Oi. Why do I hang out with you? Because I'm cute. Oh, is that what it is? Do I need to end it again? No, you're good. Okay. <laughs>
<laughs> Stop! <laughs> we hope you have enjoyed the Ducks Never Waver lunch break. If you would like to fill your senses with more Ducks Never Waver goodness, you can feast your eyeballs on Instagram and Facebook. Touch some of our beautiful pieces that we will ship right to your door by ordering them through Etsy. Or you can continue hearing us on this magnificent culmination of auditory recordation. Donation buckets are in the description for you to invest in the betterment of this podcast. We will work diligently to read and present interesting topics. Your hard-earned money will be joyously and gratefully spent to improve your lunch break. Want to keep your hard-earned money? And who doesn't? You can still support us and yourself by rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing this here podcast with all the other ducks in your life. Stay quacky.